Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Maiden Voyage. So we had the privilege of being able to join the Inbound Conference, which is an annual conference that HubSpot puts on every year. And this year, like many other conferences in 2020, it was remote. Um, it was all virtual and it was different. This episode of Maiden Voyage, we're going to be talking about things we loved, maybe some things we didn't like, and some big takeaways that we had at Inbound 2020. Women face unique challenges, from glass ceilings at work to everyday personal stressors. The Maiden Voyage podcast covers it all, offering tips and tricks for overcoming your struggles. While this lady-hosted podcast focuses heavily on women's issues, it's relevant for anyone who values self-improvement, equality, and badass inspiration. We all navigate this journey together. Welcome aboard. So this, I'd like everyone to go around the room and tell me how many times you've been to Inbound. So I personally, this was, this would have been or was, it happened. So it was my fourth inbound. Jen, how many have you been to? This would have been my third inbound already, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Carissa? First. First. Love it. Julie? Mm -hmm. 107? I think it was my sixth. Yeah. Whoa, nice. I think... They're all kind of a blur. Oh, great. In the best way possible. Yes, 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 yes. It was, so it was my sixth, but it was my second, no, it was my third as like an official attendee, not a sponsor. Interesting. Okay, okay. So you spent a lot of time, um, for those of you who aren't familiar, Inbound is this like freaking giant conference that's held in Boston, which is where the HubSpot headquarters is. Um, it's on the waterfront in Boston at the convention center. It is giant. I mean, like thousands, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people. I don't know the actual, like probably 20,000. Tens of thousand, like tens of thousand. 15 to 20, I think usually. 20, 20 feels good to me too. But there's a lot of people there. I mean, I've seen Michelle Obama speak. I have seen Judd Apatow. So, and they do like, they have all these great performers come in. Like, it is some like highbrow stuff, right? Janelle Monet was there last year. I know you ah, loved that. Which I like, she didn't perform, she didn't sing. She had like a sit down talk, which is really right. neat. But so they bring in some really highbrow, highbrow people. Um, and it is an opportunity to learn more about HubSpot, but also like level up your skills in sales, marketing, customer experience, development. And, and just have a really great time. We have a lot of fun. I'm, you know, um, it was virtual this year. But what Julie was talking about is there's like this giant floor. So you spent a lot of time on the convention center floor, like talking to people as they were moseying to and from sessions. The last, I think, three years, I was at a sponsor booth. So at least half of my time at Inbound was on the floor talking to people about marketing and sales and their customer experience and how they're using HubSpot and how you can help them use HubSpot and those types of things. Um, last year in particular, all of my time was at the booth. So I didn't attend any sessions last year other than like keynotes and um, main stage type of stuff that I could get from the floor. Right. Um, so it was nice to have access to the conference at like a different, um, like I was there to consume content, not to provide it. Right. Yeah, a lot of pressure on the content providing um, there's a lot of, it, it's, I've done that. I've worked conferences outside of inbound. I've been going like, it is, 
it's high pressure. You're on all day. It's exhausting. Your feet hurt. Your throat gets sore. Like I always got sick after week long conferences just because you're like burnt to a crest. Yeah. And it's like those, those long days too, right? Because it's never, you know, it's that first day. I um, mean, I always drive to Boston. So right. my big reflection this year was I usually have like a three and a half to four hour drive into Boston to like ramp up and get ready for the conference. I have like a playlist that I listen to. That's like my pre inbound playlist. I stop on the way and I would like get snacks for people from my team who are flying in because I know they can have drinks and snacks and stuff like that. The BCEC only has Pepsi products. So if you are a Diet Coke drinker, it's not for you. Um, so like I would, like I had kind of this ritual, right? Yeah, routine. Right. So I'd ramp up, I'd be at the conference, you're on for four days, you do the whole thing. It's the song and dance. You have like the client dinners and the team dinners and like this, that, and the other thing. You're expecting yeah. that you're going to be awake from like 6 a.m. to probably 11 right. or midnight. And there's and no then, emails. There's no phone calls. There's no family time. Like you are go mode for four days. In. Right. And then I would get like a three or four hour decompression on the way home where I would like probably not listen to music or I might like call my sister and chat for a little bit while I'm driving down and things like that. Um, and this year we really went from like Monday was a work day, Tuesday and Wednesday were conference days. We're still at your desk. So that like, it's very compelling to try to do work and not fully focus on a conference. Um, and then Thursday was a full work day. So while we did clear our schedules and move things around to attend a conference, you know, I think it was more challenging to set expectations for ourselves, but also with our clients to have more separation like it were an inbound, uh, an in-person conference. I would have definitely liked the morning of Thursday to like get myself back together because I didn't ever lean fully into inbound. And I'm wondering if like, this is what it's going to look like for virtual conferences moving forward. Like, like you said, I was at my desk, slacks were coming in, emails were coming in. Like I'm the salesperson. I, even at inbound, I make myself available for sales meetings so I can step into the hallway and take a 15 minute sales call if I have to, or meet a client or a prospect for a sales call, which I love doing in person. Cause I don't get a lot of that, you know, in years past, but it, it was very challenging to shut down work and lean into learning for two full days, at least for me. In the middle of a week. I think if it had been like a Thursday, Friday or something like that, it may have been easier to say like, okay, we're out after Wednesday. We'll be back Monday. Um, That's an excellent the, point. The yeah. timing was a little challenging. Like yeah. you got fully in work on Monday and then you tried to shut it off. And like, that's a, that's a hard, um, a hard shut off. I think for a two day conference for one day, it's probably fine. Um, but yeah, by the second day I was like, okay, there's, I, I felt a little bit like it took me a day to get into conference mindset but then also by the second day I was like well I need to get back into work mindset um so, so it's hard but um, I'm glad that they did it I think you know yes. I have heard a lot of gripes about the platform that they built and the way it was executed I know that there were some technical challenges and things like that my expectation was that I was going to be getting like a whole bunch of zoom links and I was going to be sitting Same. on zoom webinars Same. so the fact that it was actually an integrated platform with all of these things that had like the picture in picture functionality I could throw stuff onto my tv if I wanted to I actually was fairly impressed with that it was more than I expected Agreed. but I had very low expectations same I was expecting zoom links and like 
emails with presentations being sent to you later, like that kind of vibe. Um, I appreciated the effort they put into the platform. However, the moving, there was like a, it was almost like a gamification app. I don't know. Like it felt like a, um, a video game, the background. Yeah. Almost like yeah. It, it kept moving. I needed yeah. a Dramamine. It made me physically ill to look at the website. Like I couldn't look at it. So I kept it in picture in picture and on like the agenda, the calendar the whole time because I like physically could not look at that screen. Yeah, and I mean, you could totally, you could totally understand the thought behind it, right? Like, they're trying to give you some sense, like, you are in Boston, like, like, being there, or that you're at least not in front of your TV or your computer or whatever, um, but that was, that was also, like, I think hard for me, too. Also, my, comp I noticed, you know, throughout this experience, my computer, like, my, my Mac has a lower RAM than I probably should have. And that's what also made the experience so difficult for me is that whenever I would try to like drag the screen like over to my TV to try to like watch, it kept freezing. Like my computer physically couldn't, Ooh. even after all other tabs and everything was shut down and I was just trying to run a single thing in Chrome. So it was just like, a, there was like a lot of anxiety involved in like, am I wasting my time on this? Like, should I be working instead? And ultimately I ended up working instead. And now that like things are going to be on demand, I'm going to be catching up. But I mean, total guys, like I watched four sessions and it was like kind of sad because I wanted, I wanted to do more, but it's yeah. like my computer couldn't handle to do more. Like it was well, breathing. I'm sorry you for having those technical difficulties, but I think that the value in that is, and what we didn't have in years prior. And I know, I noted this in our company Slack channel is that the opportunity to see more sessions is so much greater this year because you can go back and watch whatever you want. I love that. So about that. I really am. Yeah. And sometimes they post some recordings from sessions. Some of them are recorded live and then you can access them after, but most like they have a library of sessions in a way that it seems like an expectation to go back and watch things. So I love that. Yeah. But it was totally hard to like turn off. Um, from like the conference mode, like wasn't there, like for, for me, but I did mention to you guys this prior, like this was my first like conference of anything. And so I was just like, I don't understand. I feel like it's Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm supposed to be working. I don't get what's going on. <laughs> like, wh why am I just watching stuff? <laughs> so it was hard. It was really hard. Yeah, it would have so, definitely been different if you were kind of like immersed in the experience. Um, but I, I don't know. I think sometimes it's about just like setting good boundaries for yourself. Um, I don't know. I, I get from your perspective, Jackie, you're like, I want to take in sales calls if they come in. But I was telling Carissa, I'm like, nope, inbound. I'm like in inbound mode for these two days because I just know what it's like to have all that content and be overwhelmed. And it's so hard to multitask. And when you mm -hmm. are multitasking, you're actually not retaining the information that you're learning, which is mm -hmm. kind of like defeating the whole point of attending the seminars, if that makes any sense to me. So like both days I did nothing but inbound. Like the second day, I wasn't really like digging any of the late afternoon sessions. So I kind of just like went through all my notes and then I wrote a blog about something like the second half of that day. But I was That's still great. in that inbound mindset the whole time. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? I love that. And I think that's great. And I'm, I, we're, listen, we're very lucky that our agency 
fronted the money in this economy to say, we want you guys to lean in and learn. And, you know, I, I know we've all thanked, you know, um, Remington and Rachel for that, but the fact that like so many other businesses took this opportunity to say that there, there were a lot of people that like 65,000 registrants, I think like what, that's crazy. And, and I think there was a lot of learning to be had. So let's talk about that. So did anybody like take any juicy bits away? Like that they want to share because mine are very tactical. My takeaways were super tactical, which is not normally what I get at um, Inbound. So what I'd love to hear is what was your strategy in the sessions that you selected? Because um, my strategy has been different over the years. And what did you take away from A, your strategy and and like give me your top two amazing takeaways of what things you've learned? So I definitely like leaned into things that I, I don't know as much about um, instead of like things that I'm just super interested in. Um, mm -hmm. and sometimes those things can overlap, but, uh, like I, one that I have on my list to watch later is like the advanced LinkedIn ads. Like I love ads, like social ads and Google ads. I think it's super interesting. So I'm excited to watch that later, but also like I, um, I watched the Google analytics one, like anything that's like really, um, kind of analytics and, um, technical SEO related. I love leaning into that stuff because I don't know as much about it, but it's super yeah. interesting. But seriously, one of the biggest takeaways was um, the concept. It was from one of the sessions. I, maybe it was the, um, the content that sells one. Um, you have to think of your content as your, like, especially like top of the funnel content when you're just starting to educate your potential like customer about your product, you have to think about it as your first form of customer service to them. And I was like, oh, because you're, you're doing everything to just like educate them the best that you can instead of like trying to, that's the problem with trying to sell someone something from the get go when they know nothing about you and nothing about what you can give to them. Just trying to educate them with like literally no pitch. It's the first best form of customer service you can provide. And I loved that so much because so that says a lot about how your content should be and what you're that is so thinking. dynamic yeah that's great yeah that's like this um the other like adage in that that you hear in like the content marketing space like if your customers don't read your blog it's not a very good blog mm -hmm. hard truths mm. yes. serve them up yeah. Is there one other thing, Chris, that maybe you took away that you find you're going to bring with you back into our day-to-day? -day? Um, well, I definitely tried to uh, tune into some more content stuff because I want to learn more about that. And I just, um, I, I told Julie this uh, offline, but I felt like the like scientific uh, sessions about like content, um, basically it's kind of like wrapping like consumer behavior into like what taps, like what like gets people's attention. And it just seems like such a simple thing. Like, oh, you should write someone, you know, write something that grabs someone's attention. But like whenever you're putting all these like instinctive, like subconscious cues behind like, like what's ingrained into your content, like the difference between the word complimentary and free in an email subject line, you know, stuff like that. Like I, I loved hearing that. That was a really good session. Um, so yeah, that was, that was two big takeaways. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Consumer psychology was my favorite marketing course in college. I took two of them. Anywho, okay. Um, uh, Jen, why don't you share with us some of your takeaways in your fave sessions? Sure. 
Um, I think when I first started coming to Inbound, uh, like for listeners that don't know, like I'm a content marketer, so I do a heck of a lot of writing. And the first year I came, I was like, I need to just watch all of the content sessions. Like, that's it. I'm not going to waste my time on anything else. And I would see things that interested me. I'm like, oh, here's like one about sales. Here's one about this. But I was like, no, I'm so focused on content. I came here because my boss is paying for me to improve my content and I'm not going to stray. And then the second year I came, I realized that that was dumb because even though I do concentrate in content, it's good to have some diversity and to be able to apply concepts, like you were saying, like the psychology of buying. I could attend a sales session that talks about that and apply that to my content. Um, so this year I was a little, this year I was kind of like not reckless, but I was just very like trusting and whimsical where I was like, if this looks like it's interesting, I'm going to attend it. Um, cause I don't want to attend one right off the bat that kind of looks like it's boring or not going to be useful to me because guess what? It's probably going to be boring or not useful to me. Um, so I sat in on a bunch of sessions this year. I did, um, like email marketing ones, SEO. I did, um, like sales oriented sessions, customer service, like I dabbled in everything. Um, I would say one session that I sat in, and if anyone's listening that attended Inbound and wants to go back and watch one of them, um, it was called The End of Technical SEO, and it was uh, by a guy named Dale Bertrand, I think that's how you say his last name, sorry if I butchered that, um, but he talked about the concept of mission-driven SEO, which this is the first time I kind of ever heard that like trigger word. Um, but he talked about brands that aren't necessarily going after keywords anymore. They're sticking so true to their mission that they're talking about tough topics and becoming um, industry leaders because of their voice around topics. And that is getting them more shares and more engagement, which is actually fueling their SEO beyond just like keywords. Right. Because they're, they're not yeah. trying to win a war. They're uniquely entering a new space from an SEO perspective. Is that like the thought behind it? They're talking about um, maybe necess not necessarily always like tough subjects, but um, so I'll just like, they didn't talk about this as the example, but I'll just like throw one out there. So like, you know that I like Lush Cosmetics. I've talked about them in general a few times on this podcast with their mission to like fight against animal cruelty. They're big on like eliminating deforestation to, to acquire the uh, materials to make their lotions and products and all that stuff. So, um, obviously Lush isn't trying to rank for like deforestation, but if they wrote about topics about that and became like industry leaders around because of their passion, right? So people right. are like, this is kind of a little like controversy that controversial that they're talking about deforestation. It's not really helping them sell their product per se. You know what I mean? There's no like- But it is talking in. perhaps to the community of humans who are buying their products because of the mission. Yes. So they're earning the trust of like the type of consumers, the type of personas um, that they're acquiring. And it, it was just this weird, um, like, I don't even want to call it a tactic because it was just being genuine to your brand and your voice. Authentic. Right. Yeah. yeah um, like, I'm just trying to play it backwards now for you. This is how I do things. Um, so like, you're, they are not going to outrank Maybelline on lotion. 
ever. They're just not for, right? Like Maybelline has a major L'Oreal, whatever. They're not going to outrag L'Oreal on their face cream. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of where that they're flipping the switch and saying, we're not going to outrank L'Oreal on face cream, but we are going to scream about what we're passionate about, rank high for that, and then pull customers in the funnel that way. Yeah. And not necessarily like from a ranking game, they're like, we're going to scream about these things that are important to us. And through um, like sharing and backlink building and stuff like that, he's saying that that's how they're getting into the technical SEO game beyond just like going after keywords strictly, if that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. that totally makes sense because like if you're as a consumer, if you're searching for top like um, top makeup brands that are sustainable, you know somebody's written a blog about it and that's how you get those backlinks yeah by by landing yourself in a roundup like i love that that is so cool yeah it really got me excited and just kind of like thinking in general which we maybe we can like chat about offline for ways that we could even integrate that in our own branded impulse and for listeners listening that if you have uh core values that they're really passionate about maybe this is a time to branch out and like write about a topic that maybe you haven't covered before and start really like getting a ground like a foothold on your voice there but yeah the the talk really got me amped it was pretty exciting um and another one that i had uh really enjoyed was uh that sales one that i attended that it was kind of about like psychology behind sales and it talked about applying like cognitive behavioral therapy to sales which i just find fascinating in general that it's kind of combining you know psych and sales because that's again what it is about at the end of the day is understanding the consumer um but this was almost from a perspective of how to deal internally with your sales team if you were a sales manager to yeah. work with your sales people who yeah. are resistant or like struggling and to talk them through it so even though that didn't really help me necessarily as a writer I just found it interesting and I jotted down like a few cognitive distortions and concepts of just um like she talked about we're they all about, about- setting like smart goals at work you're like oh like set smart goals but she said at the end of the day it's important for you to set meaningful, purposeful, like personal goals beyond just like these smart goals because you need to feel fulfilled in your home life before you have enough to pour into the cup of your like work passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this the talk was just inspiring overall to me. And that was um, a talk by Carol Mahoney, if anyone wants to go back and listen to that. Totally gonna have to watch that. that is- yeah, and did they talk about like the alligator brain? No, what's that? Now, I have a book for you to read about. It's this this guy, he's very controversial, but he talks about like sales and like how to win at any sales meeting by using psychology, like the alligator brain versus the crocodile brain, which is like two parts of your brain. And like, yeah, it's very cool. I'll, yeah, I'll share that with you. Um, It's a very cool book. Me. You got to get it on audiobook because this dude, like he's, he like hollers, like he's got a voice, you know, like that animates the book. So like you feel wow. like, you're- <laughs> yeah, he like, he's good. He's, he's a little oh. controversial, but he's good. That's fun. But yeah, right, like Julie. you were saying, ladies, I was just going to say real quick, I'm so excited that we can go back and watch these now because there are so many that I didn't even get to attend and anything like that, but fun year. So good. So good. What'd you do? Um, What'd you get, Julie? Oh, well, um, 
so one of the interesting things about being on the partner side of inbound is um, we, as uh, a business, often want to react and respond to a lot of things like as they're happening or right away. So some of my quote unquote time at inbound was actually spent um, creating some content for Impulse Creative about some of the newest features and announcements from Inbound. So that was a big part of my week in addition to sessions. It was probably about half of my conference time. Um, so I do want to talk about some of the product updates. Um, I definitely think the um, HubSpot Spotlight this year is worth not just a watch, but also a rewatch because it was very subtle. Um, and it was well-produced and I really enjoyed it. It was entertaining to watch, but it was very easy to miss things that were actually really, really cool product updates. They were just kind of folded in really nicely. Um, but a few things that we're super, super excited about from it, um, custom objects in HubSpot. Um, so HubSpot CRM historically was really limited in terms of the objects or databases it held, right? There were contacts, there were um, companies, and then there were deals. Um, and then like tickets and service was an object also. Okay, we'll count that one. Um, it, was, it was and it wasn't. Um, with custom objects in HubSpot, you can basically build anything and associate it across that contact company deal spectrum. So um, if you're a business that has multiple locations, um, for example, like I'm an Orange Theory Fitness girl. I love to go to Orange Theory Fitness. Um, I visit four locations and kind of cycle between them in not saying that they use HubSpot CRM at all, but in a CRM, they could be tracking that and saying like, hey, here are the locations that this contact has checked into. Um, and that's not something that was possible before. And that has huge implications, not for just for understanding contacts, companies and deals, but also for reporting um, and for getting different aspects of your team, like an account team together on an account, um, things like referral partners and stuff like that, huge, huge, huge. Um, the other thing that I'm really excited about for a lot of my clients is non-marketable contacts. So historically, we have this situation where we'll get contacts in our database who don't want to receive emails, so they opt out, or maybe they've not provided a great email address and they unsubscribe, We don't, or, and they bounce rather. We don't want to delete them from HubSpot because there's good information about them. Maybe there's someone who we've even spoken to on the phone, but doesn't want to receive email. Well, in HubSpot, we're paying for that contact, even though we can't email them historically. Um, and with non-marketing contacts, that kind of comes off the table. Um, and you can, starting, um, I think in late October, um, you'll be able to mark certain contacts in your database as non-marketable and you won't be able to email them. You won't be able to, you know, send them batch emails and things like that, but they can live in your database and you can continue tracking them and storing data around them, which is particularly helpful if you're using things like the HubSpot traffic analytics and sources report to see like your session to contact rates. How many leads do I generate from X? Well, you can see that, you could always see that, but if you were deleting those contacts from your database, those numbers would actually go away. So um, I'm really excited for that about some of my clients who've been very budget-minded in terms of keeping their, um, their database slim. Um, there's also a whole new like sales hub, enterprise, everything. I don't even think we should go into the details of that on this call because it's so, 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 so much, but it's really, really cool. Custom objects is part of it, but there are a whole host of other updates. Um, I think the really cool thing for um, iOS users, sorry, Jackie, um, is the HubSpot keyboard. Um, so there's a, an alternate keyboard for iPhone um, and I guess iPad, I don't know, um, where you can 
um, it has some of your HubSpot sales features right in it. So if you're someone who is on the go, or maybe just like you tend to email more from your phone than your desk, I'm better at emailing from my phone than my desk, for example, um, you can have that featured experience there. So maybe it'll be the thing that finally gets Jackie into the Apple ecosystem. I was just gonna say that maybe this and Peloton are the two reasons I need an iPhone. Oh yes, well, as a quick aside, once upon a time, Jackie was having some computer problems. And I said, Jackie, I can fix that for you. And I sent her to the Apple website. No, she legit was like, go to your browser. Like, I thought she was helping me fix a problem on my computer. She's like, go to your browser. And I'm like, okay. And she said, type in A-P-P-L-E.com. And then I did. And I was like, oh. Sometimes you just have to explicit. be a punk. <laughs> I was like, explicit words, not okay. It's out of pure, pure love. Um, I do want to touch on just two other things I'm really yeah. excited about put that away for another day. Um, the new custom report builder, I've actually had a chance to take for a spin um, while it was in beta in some accounts. Um, super cool, awesome, wonderful. Um, yay. I like it. Um, mm -hmm. So give that a try. I think it is. So it's in an open beta now. So if you are interested in that custom report builder that gives you access into um, new ways to build reports, you can do things like has submitted a form with a name containing a word. So if you're someone who uses a lot of forms in HubSpot and you thought you'd be able to like search, like I want anyone who submitted a services form and I have 15 of them. Well, you used to have to do 15 criteria in a list to get that. Now you can say contain services. Um, so if you're interested in that, uh, contact HubSpot support or your um, HubSpot uh, customer success manager they can get you into the beta, which is awesome. Um, and then we are refreshing the partner directory, which as a partner, I'm really excited about. We're making sure the, um, the reviews are nice and fresh in there, um, that we are, I think they're uh, building out the ability to like rate partners on different criteria, not just an overall rating. Um, super excited for that. There are so many solution partners now, um, and it's such a good resource for finding good partners. Um, but this kind of multifaceted review structure should be really good. I think the moral of the story, you could call it any of that. And um, Julie, thank you so much for digging into those so features. many things. Watch so the keynote things. again. Right. A, watch the keynote again. B, if you're not a HubSpot user, you've no idea what we're talking about, like get a hold of us. We will figure, help you figure out if any of the tools, current or new, um, are a good solution for you, as well as if you are a current HubSpot user, let's talk about how we can level up your workspace um, with all these great new tools. So, so, so exciting. For me as a salesperson, that contact tier thing is such a, it's going to eliminate this barrier of entry where people have like hundreds of thousands of contacts that they don't want to scrub, but they want to bring over, but they don't want to pay for like it's amazing. There's so much. Even customers, right? People say, well, I don't want to, I'm never going to mass email my customers. I don't want them as marketable contacts, but I don't want to put them in HubSpot. But if they do convert on something, I need to know that they're know. my customer. Oh, it's so it's good. It it's is so good. They definitely yeah. leveled up. They, they, they leveled up. Um, and again, very discreetly in the presentation, which is not like what they normally do. Normally when they announce new features, it is like 
a song and dance up on stage and they're like kapow look at this kapow look, like is a very animated presentation normally so julie's spot on when she said it was like layered in with other really great bits and a great presentation overall darmesh and brian as always killed it um so i'll just very quickly share some of my favorite my takeaways like i said they were super tactical like i feel like such a nerd um but I learned how to use Google Slides better. <laughs> and I'm like so excited. I need the it. session name for this, Jackie. So I, I learned must know. it was crazy. So it was by a company called Bright Carbon and they create presentations. Um, so they were very, very mildly pitching their own products. Um, half the presentation, I will say, was like dad humor and like, well, when you're doing it, you know, is like, uh, but I did these two things that I took away are going to literally change presentation life for us internally. I think it for myself personally, you can morph your slides. So think about a timeline. You're putting a timeline up on a slide and in a presentation. And you're saying like, start to finish. This is what the project's going to look like. Okay, great. Morphing the slide would be then showing the entire timeline and then zooming in on one piece and then the next zooming in on the next piece and the next piece. So it's seamless. It doesn't seem like you're transitioning into slides. You are, you're moving next, 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 but you're morphing this giant timeline into these smaller pieces. So the viewer can see exactly what you want them to see in the moment so that you're all looking at the same thing in the presentation and you're all focusing on the same thought at one time. Cause when you show a big piece of content like that, eyes are everywhere, right? Like nobody's looking at the same thing. So it's a way to control the content that you're delivering. Um, and just also really freaking cool. So morph. Is it like Prezi? Have you ever used Prezi? No, I don't know. Oh. Okay. Well, Prezi is kind of like that where it's, um, you're on a plane and you can pick points and like zoom in and it looks almost like you're doing like an animated project. No, it doesn't move like that, but okay. it's not animated. Okay. Um, it's just, it glides. I don't know. It was okay. really cool. I have to watch it. I have to watch it. And then the Amazing. second thing, this one is dope AF. Did you know that you can create, we have to start, we have to say AF in my house because I have a toddler. She's going to start saying AF, but it's better than her saying the four letter word. I mean, I think cursing toddlers is adorable, but that's because I don't have one. When they go to daycare and say shit, and then you have to talk to the teacher about why you're saying shit all the time. It's just a word. Shit, you know? It's just a word. I guess that's a problem. I know. I always joke that, like, my I'm kids are to teach everyone, and someone has to teach everyone how to use the F word properly. And if it's my daughter, then so be it. I think that's a strong and powerful woman. I'm here for it. Okay, so back okay, to so dope, dope AF. Let's go. Let's oh hear it. my God. Okay, so did you know that you can create sections in your presentation? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can I'm create in on that one. What? You can create sections. Okay, then it gets, let me level in for you. It gets better. So not only can you create sections, but you can insert what's called a zoom. And he was really funny. He's like, not a zoom link, not a camera zoom. It's like a zoom feature that is um, under. So you go into the presentation, you go to insert, you go to zoom. Okay. Once you've created your sections. Okay. Then you can add in a section. So pretty much what happens is you have an agenda slide. 
your agenda slide becomes an interactive link. And when you click one on the agenda, it goes to section one. And then you go through the four slides and section one comes back to the agenda screen. Next step. Shut the front door, Jackie. I, I was like running around the house. I was like, what? I, like I, our audit presentations are going to be transformed by this. I know. So this is the part of Anger. the podcast I feel when everyone realizes Julie and Jackie are older millennials. I'm just saying. I didn't know any of this. But yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> but like, we're so hype about this. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you guys are not only did I learn how to do Google Slides, I took notes on a sheet of freaking paper about how to do Google Slides. That's how old I am. <laughs> but why are, why did you, why did you take notes on a paper? You have uh, a special I, paper. You know, I have my special paper, but it was up in my office and I was do, watching this while I was eating lunch in my kitchen and this is, I grabbed it and it just happened. It's fine. So okay. The, it was a moment. Right? It, was, it was just one moment in time. Yeah, no. Three ring binder notebook, loose leaf paper. If you are just listening and you are not watching the video of this, I need you to know Jackie somewhere in her house has a ream of three loose leaf, three ring binder paper. I don't even think she has a binder. She just has the paper. Back to school. Probably from college. No. I, these are my, I, look. You bought that as an adult? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't buy that. You know what I need? Some loose leaf. Did they go in a binder? I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> a folder? Put it in a folder? I don't want to talk about it right now. I'm not going to show okay, you. Okay, maybe take a picture with your phone. No, I'm not going to show you anything. Thank you very much. But this, I, I, it's funny because like Jen, I have over the years morphed how, morph who, um, how I handle inbound because it is a lot of information. And I very much like you, Jen, the first year I went, I was like, must learn everything about selling in HubSpot, right? Like a robot, must sell HubSpot. And I, the first probably year and a half, and then halfway through my second year, I was like, this, this information I have learned, I need to now branch out from what I know to learn more. And then the other year or so, I started going to SEO and marketing and trying to level up the products, if you will, like I work for an agency that sells marketing retainers and hubs and, and website development. I need to learn more about marketing retainers and HubSpot develop and website development so that I can then be better at my job, not from a tactical selling point of view, but from a, I want to know more about what my colleagues do so that I can pitch better service offerings and solutions to prospects. So that's how I flip the switch in how I go to inbound. And then last year, I only went to quote unquote motivational, um, self-learning, um, coaching. Like I was like, I, I want to be a manager one day, right? Um, aspiring to be a manager. Um, it's from grownups now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Trudy, go ahead, Trudy, with your bad self. Um, and so I started going to those. So this year I went backwards and I was like, I want to learn how to do shit that I don't know how to do again. And this changed my life, y'all. Google Sheets was a win, and I'm going to change all your lives um, with it as well. First presentation. I'm ready. For all these new things. <laughs> oh, God. I already found it. I already bookmarked it. We're going to watch it this weekend. We're going to have some, like, edutainment time. We're going to learn how to do a wicked Google Slides. So, like, here's the funny thing is that I found value in this. 
And I was hoping someone like my friend Julie here will take action because I still don't want to go in and do it, but I think it's really cool that we can and I think we should. Well, who's, uh, who's working on an audit presentation right now, Jackie? This girl, which is so So which, which girl's going to have to put it? <laughs> I know. I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it to work. I'm going to take the beautiful PowerPoint presentation design that our designer has made and I'm going to level it up and I'm going to morph stuff and I'm going to zoom stuff and I'm going to make a section. It's going to be great. More. Zoom. Section. <laughs> I like it. Well, I think the biggest takeaway all of us had was we learned stuff, right? Great. The juice that you drink, whether remotely or in person, gets you so excited to return back to your desk, return this year, back to your desk, back to your office, and like change the way you think about your job, the industry you work in, the way you're helping your clients, the way you affect your clients. Like that's my biggest takeaway from HubSpot and Inbound every year is it is my moment where I know no matter how I feel about the where I am in my career or my job at the moment, I'm going to leave so excited to get back and take action. And that's the stuff we can't let go of, right? That's the stuff that like we need to go into the next three, six, nine months with our clients and internally and say, now we're excited. There's these new things. Like, how are we going to make an impact on everyone else with what we've learned? I have so many plans for custom objects. It's not even funny. <laughs> oh, right. I feel excited about it. And I told everyone I've ever met in my professional career, I wanted to talk to everyone about it after I learned about it. <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, oh, I, I want to know more, especially like previous colleagues that I've worked with at like other, other companies, they're like, oh, I want to know more. I'm like, cool. So my agency wrote up this really fantastic like article and there's videos and like, you just need to watch it all. And there's all these ideas. And like, let me know if you ever want to talk about it. Cause like, I'm here. <laughs> we'll get you in touch with Jackie. She'll tell yeah. you something. It's great. No, I'm really excited to help our clients um, put some of this new stuff into action to, um, you know, continue spreading the word. I'm just like doing good marketing every year. I feel like that's the biggest thing after I'm I'm like, yeah, let's like do some good marketing guys. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for listening. Again, if you have any questions about inbound, the conference HubSpot as a service offering, we are here for it. Get in touch with us. Let us help you level up and tune in next time. Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe, click on that thing for instant notifications, speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow voyagers.